Well, Robin is there. I Robin. Modric takes. It's a header from center. Welcome to the Fifth Substitute Podcast. Today we are covering Game Week 30 of the Premier League. And what better way to start it with one of the biggest matches of the game week that was Tottenham versus Manchester United at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I would just like to know the thoughts of uh, Michu on this match. Okay, let's start off with the lineups then, shall we? Spurs started with the usual 4 2 3 1, as we know, uh, with Captain Hugo Lloris starting in goal, uh, followed by a change in centre half pairing with Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez. Fullbacks, uh, Ben Davis, Serge Aurier, shielding the defence were Harry Wings and Sasisoko. And the rest of the playmakers consisted of Eric Lamella, Son Heung Min, and Steven Bergwijn as wingers, and the man himself, Harry Kane. Well, to counter it, uh, Ole Gunnar also used a 4-2-3-1 and played a team consisting of David De Gea, led by the shielding Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof, with Luke Shaw and Aaron Wan Visaka providing defensive duties at their flanks. Moving up the pitch were Scott McTominay and Fred, while Marcus Rashford, Daniel James provided with to the creative abilities of Bruno Fernandes for Anthony Martial to complete the lineups. In association with that, uh, I would say it was the first match for Spurs after the COVID break and all the injured players recovered for the great relief of Jose Marino. Well, making it a match where Jose's philosophy could finally be seen to start embedding Tottenham's style of play. Uh, hence, making them a very defensively solid side with the highest pass per defensive action completed in the post-Pachitno era. But then, you can only bend steel as far before it breaks. So, the defensive fragility of Tottenham were starting to show up as Manchester United kept on asking the majority of questions in regular intervals, to which Spurs lacked answers at moments, obviously. The match could have gone in a certain direction, uh, God, from where Spurs would have uh, lost all hope from European qualification. Yeah, I would say that yes. was that's yeah. the introduction from the match, actually, I'd say. So, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll just like to add on to your point, Michu. And uh, I felt that uh, Tottenham, for the, the first half itself, had the took their pragmatic approach to the game and they were sitting up in front of the defense and locking everything up and were not giving any chance for United to be creative. Even Bruno Fernandes was actually having a very good game even in the first half. But let's just address the moment of the goal, Steven Bergwijn's counter. Because Tottenham had these like visions of counter one or two times before that thing happened. Let's talk about the goal, Michu. Well, yes, uh, about the counter actually. So, of course, it was a bit pragmatic. Yeah, of course, it was very good. Bergwijn goal was absolutely brilliant. And in association with that, I would say one thing. This team was trained by Mauricio Pochettino for five seasons to go high press and counter press the opposition. But then now, it's a very defensively solid side. And counter might not be the first thing that this um, team gets itself instinctive with. And with that, the Steven Bergwijn space got Maguire a bit of wiggly at feet and then the great goal from Bergwijn. 
what you would say that David De Gea did a lot of careers actually. So David De Gea, not, not forgetting uh, about Maguire. Yeah, not Mustafa. forgetting yeah, yeah. Harry Maguire. Yeah, Nish, go on. Uh, Jose Mourinho said that well. This team is made to counter because of his pace. Bergwijn and Son have incredible pace, and I think they did the right thing against United. I want to ask one question. Uh, we saw the midfield trio of Bruno Fernandes, Fred, and McTominay for United, and then later Pogba came on uh, for Fred. So, what do you think? Uh, would Bruno Fernandes and Pogba be able to play in the same team? Is it possible for two number 10s to play in the same team? That's a bit ratchet because I don't know if Pogba would stay or not. Obviously, about the confirmation about his future at Manchester United. But then we've seen that Fred have increasingly instilled this talent in him that have improved at the box-to-box midfielder. I don't know how would Olegonos Kolsa would change the tactical implement or advantage of uh, implementing both Bruno Fernandes and Pogba because whenever Pogba came in the field with that beautiful half volley that he passed to transaction to play to a forward third, I think they would be good pragmatically but the thing is it would be very difficult for both of them to counter each other to play as because both of them are prominent uh, 10. What do you say, Arjit, about this? Yeah, you can play those two players because those two players know how to like take up creative positions. Defensively, it's however a totally different matter. I think I felt like after the introduction of Pogba in the game, United certainly had the impetus going forward, but then at some at two three moments they lacked certain defensive composure. Uh, yeah, Anish, you were saying something. Yeah, I feel like Pogba is a luxury player. Yeah, he does exactly. not like to track back. He's a creative. Uh, he's a creative player, and I think Bruno Fernandes is more of an. He brings an attacking front to the uh, midfield. Exactly. So I, I don't I don't see them playing together. Also, Pogba never really fit into the club. I think mentally, I'd say it has never worked yeah. out for him at Manchester United. Yeah. Attitude wise, yeah. Technically as well, it's not going to work out. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months. I think Pogba will be looking at up other options. But it's, it's I a, feel it's like a, if United. It's a great loss yeah. to have so much talent at your squad and still not be able to use them to the full extent. Yeah, Dristiron, I feel like you are trying to say something. Yes, I'd, I'd just like to add that you guys are talking about David De Gea, right? So, like that whole yeah. this, uh, bit of keeping from David De Gea, I think the clock is ticking for him because uh, United have a like really good alternative in the form of Henderson. Uh, he's, uh, he's on loan at at Sheffield. So I think uh, for his new con- contract extension, he has asked the number one spot in the United team. So I think Manchester United have a like really big decision to make. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. only uh, like uh, blaming David De Gea for his, uh, of course it was straight at him, he should have deflected it out or rather at least pushed it out of the way. But then uh, some yeah, but- of the blame has to be shifted to Harry Maguire's defending. What pathetic defending man, 80 million player. You don't defend mm-hmm. like You don't let your man go behind you. You just expose the entire defense and putting someone like Steven Bergwijn with his pace, you're not going to catch him. Let's be honest. Yeah. Making him not even the best Harry on pitch. So, out of the three Harrys, <laughs> he was not even the best Harry. So, yeah. yeah but the thing is like, uh, as, yeah, as per captaincy for Harry Maguire, for a longer period of time, whenever uh, Antonio Valencia left the club, that uh, that was a spot that was left empty for Manchester United for a captaincy. Uh, what we say? Defensive line uh, leader that we say. Yeah. Uh, I think Maguire have taken that captaincy in a very uh, responsible way. But then, of course, he has to improve his uh, positioning as a centre-back and as a half. I think by time it would come to him. But again, I would say this. As like Matt Tip helps Virgil van Dijk in his defensive uh, 
opportunities, defensive clearances and yeah, defensive yeah, yeah. Uh, support. I think if Harry Maguire had to take the next step on defensive clarities and defensive uh, responsibilities, I think he would need another better pairing than Victor Lindelof. I'm really sorry. That's, that's, oh, that, that's actually true, yeah. Yeah, talking about the United rear guard, yeah, I feel like Luke Shaw had a good game. Even Aaron Van Bissakai, because let's be honest, it was not because of his frailties that the goal was exposed. And uh, Luke Shaw had a very good game. Fred yeah. had a good game. And uh, in certain moments, Rashford looked like the old Rashford. Uh, but yeah, I could see the bit of rustiness in the both in both sides, to be honest. Harry Kane looked rusty. But I feel like we'll need some time because he's playing a match after six months, more than six months, I feel. Yes, yes. So, yeah, Son was out of yeah. his form as well because uh, he was constantly marked by uh, Fred and Luke Shaw in the left flank. Yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, Solskjaer approached the game with a, a good attitude and like he wanted a result out of it and he got a result out of it. And usually these days United are good, doing good against the top six teams, let's be honest. So yeah, uh, if you guys don't have anything to add, I'd just like I to... I think, yeah, I would like to just go on to adding the simple... Yeah, yeah, uh, me, me sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just simple last of the conclusion is that uh, this was the most defensively solid side I have seen for Tottenham was for, for a very yeah, long yeah. period of time. So I think uh, somehow, even it was just three months, uh, Jose Barino's tactics are finally coming to get embedded in the soul of playing style of uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Another on that, I would say, what guys do you think about that penalty situation and a bit of details about it? Yeah, I, I felt like the first penalty, like um, which I conceded, uh, let's just say it was a penalty. Because, Definitely, yeah, it wasn't. A, he, know, the last penalty. nudge on the player was like enough for the referee to give it. Give the decision, but then the second was was a, was a blatant dive. Yeah, he's trying to change the game. It was as uh, beautiful as a uh, like dolphin diving into water. <laughs> uh, Bro, yes, the I do leg did with, not yeah. even touch him. Bruno Fernandez, man, why, <laughs> why? He was playing phenomenally, like uh, uh, yeah, yeah. on the pitch, he, his ball control was uh, perfect. But you know, being a uh, United good player, player also. Can you say? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, not targeting a club uh, particularly. Yeah. <laughs> there are our rivals, yes, but still, uh, you know, players sometimes go on diving. There's honesty among thieves, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turning, yeah, turning, you, know, turning. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, about this prominence that uh, Eric Dyer was starting instead of Toby Elder well, it was very clear that Eric Dyer is the disaster waiting to happen. Once on a time, if something of this defensive uh, backlash would have come to Eric Dyer, he would have made that mistake. And yeah, second decision was right given by the VAR and everything associated with it. I guess we have covered enough for this game because it was a one-all game. It was a very good top six game. I don't know who grabbed our European spots. Maybe do you see if it's top five this season or not? Or if it's just the top four? Anything could happen uh, out of the turn of the season. Fingers crossed. I think uh, this is all good. Yeah, yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed of what Manchester City could overturn that decision or not. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, let's go back on to the next matches that we need to discuss. Yeah, Mridushma, I'd just like to next uh, pile on my misery <laughs> into this podcast. Because uh, the Merseyside derby was a stalemate at Goodison. I felt like uh, Liverpool approached the game with, uh, let's just say, a little too pragmatic. They showed Everton too much respect. And yeah, like we were rusty and we were playing a game after so long. That's just like every other team. And I think it hit Liverpool players a bit more because like we did not have Robertson at left back. Milner played in, but then he got injured. Matip, and then he got injured. So that those things certainly did not help. But I felt like Carlos Ancelotti has drill this team into a steely defense because if you remember like I feel like Swagatam will agree with me on this and if you remember the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge uh, like Everton Chelsea sorry Chelsea Everton so it was 4-0 there 
the last game before lockdown that Everton played. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, like uh, remember that match and Ancelotti's disappointment in his team, and look at this performance, which said a lot about him as a manager and Everton's attitude as a team itself. I felt like uh, from Liverpool side, Naby Keita had the had one of the one of the best plays I've ever seen him play, and um, yeah, it was a good match from him. And everybody played really well, but then think- the final impact was missing. I think uh, the transition from defense to attack, which you saw, was flawless in the first half of the season for Liverpool, was yeah. missing after the COVID break. And I don't think Trent Alexander-Arnold had a very good game. His crosses were not yeah. up to the mark. It's because of the uh, three months of absence of football. Yeah. Also, we saw how Liverpool was struggling for, uh, you know, before the COVID break in a few games. To break, the, to break Everton's defense down, yeah. Also, Everton had they created better chances. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, I feel like if players. it wasn't Alisson and in that uh, like a keeping position, it would have been one nil to Everton easily. Yeah, yeah. They had the world forward line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And I, I felt like Dominic Albert Lewin had a good game. Yeah, he, uh, like he's, uh, let's be honest, he's playing he's against Van Dijk and being a forward, it's not easy. But then he guided his team well. I felt like Liverpool never really got into the game. Everton just did not let us do it. And Seamus Coleman, uh, Everton captain. Certainly had uh, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen him play. Beautiful defending, beautiful touches, beautiful recoveries. Eight recoveries, I feel like. Uh, I think I know. And so, I think uh, Liverpool I, have had a tough time playing against Everton in recent seasons. I think they haven't won the last few games uh, against Everton. At, at Goodison, we have had a tough time. But then at Anfield, we, are, we have been getting yes. results. Goodison has just been a bogey ground for us for the last three years. And uh, moving I on. Guess, yeah. Sort of, yeah. I guess uh, like Liverpool was, you know, a bit busy in organizing their success party instead of, you know, spending <laughs> time in the in the training ground. Sort of I coming in with the over bands. Almost, it's almost over though. They're just taking their yeah, le- exactly. taking legend. Let the city yeah. fan have his moment, man. Let the city <laughs> fan have his moment. <laughs> Please, at but least. then but then yeah. Coming up with the result that uh Reverton played very well it was Almost that whenever you find that uh, competent keeper, right, when that Liverpool was able to find in Ellison, I think that makes a lot of difference for Liverpool's defence and quality in attacking. Talking about goalkeepers, let's go on to talk about an incident happened between Arsenal and Brighton. Let's just go to that match because Merseyside (laughs) did not have much action, let's be honest. (laughs) Let's go. Say Anish, Anish, please hang in there. uh, We are ready to pile on to your misery. Everybody loves Arsenal. It's been it's everybody been, loves it's Arsenal. Been, for the banter, of course. For the banter, everybody loves Arsenal. For the banter, we had plenty, so, yeah, of, plenty Anish. of great moments in this match. Uh, so like, um, wait, yeah, wait, wait. It was uh, before you go. Before years. you go, my top moment was this Denis Ceballos pass. Ceballos pass. Oh my god! <laughs> Your man is laying down on the ground and you are passing it. Yeah, true. <laughs> he can he can not make a wrong. Only he Arsenal. Only at Arsenal. Losing the block. In fact, the pass was went to Niles. I think so. He received the ball after that. No, it was Saka. It was Saka. Saka, Saka. So yeah, Anish, so, yeah, I'd just going, like to know match. your thoughts on the Tinkola Pepe goal, the first goal of the match. It was amazing. He he does not score often, but when he scores, there are always amazing goals. Uh, yeah, he has had a hard time in the Premier League, but I think he'll get he'll get better. He's Man just certainly has on his making in the final third, but I think he'll get used to it in the next season. Uh, also, the, the injury, Burn Leno injury, I think it was unnecessary for me to go in. Uh, Challenging for the ball because Berlin honestly had both hands on the ball. He had the ball and there was no need to go and challenge him. 
that is uh, seeing his season being over. It, it is a very major injury, you know. It, it costs him a year almost. Yeah, let's just pray for a speedy recovery for Bernd Leno. And uh, he has, has been a fantastic been really, keeper. Yes, it has been really hard for us after coming back from the break. We have had so many injuries. I think, I think the most thankless job in the Premier League is, uh, is with Bernd Leno at the moment. He, he's the best Arsenal player uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he may be the best Arsenal player, but does earn 40k a week? I don't know. <laughs> you just I don't think. I don't think. Or is it more than that? It has to be more. Obviously, it has to be more. Arsenal are known, are infamously known for giving yeah, the huge wages. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, uh, from the Brighton side, I felt like, yeah, I felt like Mope, yeah, Neil Mope played well yeah. and even Soli March Mope had a good is, game. Mope causes a lot of trouble. He's a great, great striker. A good shithouse player, though. Yeah, we need he some is. of those forwards <laughs> in Premier League right now. Ever since Costa went to Madrid, it has been, it has not been really uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Costa. <laughs> Never thought that I'd was, say that. <laughs> that was a horror so, yeah. show. The Arsenal Brighton game. That was a horror show. Yeah. It has been hard, man. It's been very hard. And we Look, are Anish, you don't have to talk list. about it if you don't want to. I yeah, want Anish, to. I want to. You can let it go. I, I like to talk about my miseries, actually. So, yeah, we don't have defenders right now. We saw Rob Holding play. And he was having a shaky start. Because he, had, he has missed a lot of football uh, since his injury. So yeah. So Anish, yeah, one uh, thing to just, like, I, I, yeah, sorry, okay. I might be a you know bad luck for Arsenal because uh, I wasn't yeah. watching the match properly, but I came on in uh, in the 90th minute, I guess. And uh, when I we saw like, our own it, bad luck. <laughs> it was one-one. Yeah, I was thinking of wow, this is some good football going on. But uh, when that blunder happened in the last minute, I'm so sorry, bro. <laughs> let's just let's just think. Why is that? Nobody City has connection. And Arsenal, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my God! Please don't start that again. We're over this. The last episode. I'll stop so, yeah, watching I'll... Arsenal matches. <laughs> that's that's physically impossible for me. <laughs> okay, sort of. Let's just spell spell Anish for now. Let's move on to another team from London, Chelsea. They played a fantastic game at Aston Villa. A dramatic turnaround. I think it was 115 minutes, 15 seconds between the two goals that they scored after Villa scored first. So yeah, I'd just like to know the thoughts of Swagatam on the Captain Chelsea America now. is back. Yeah, Damn. it was a very okay. strange. <laughs> it was a very strange move by Frank Lombard putting on Pulisic in place of Kovici after halftime. So uh, Pulisic scored amazing goal after the introduction of him and Ross Barkley into the team. Uh, we saw a major change in the midfield. Also, the midfield was very good. But uh, the striking was a bit lacking and we had 19 shots. Uh, out of the 19 shots, we had almost 8 on target, I think. This shows our attack and uh, I think the introduction of Timo Werner will be a good move in the next season. Also, even Ziyech, I think. Uh, even Ziyech. Yeah. That's that that yeah. a frightening attack, man. Yeah, from my ex, direct. So I think uh, from that match, I think the Dristion had to, had to say a lot about uh, Jack Grealish, it is true. Yeah, Can you just let us know your thoughts? Uh, Jack Grealish, I think the 80 million price tag on his head is not justified, but I think he's a phenomenal player. He had a pretty wow. decent game. Uh, yeah, he's a, he, he had a decent game against uh, Chelsea. He had a very yeah. good game. I saw that. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Swagatam, I think we can see the quality in him, right? The players around him, let's be honest, the players around him are not that, uh, are not up to his uh, standard. 
but if he joins a like uh, top six team, I think he will shine over there. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. So that you mean that was not a good performance, but that was a good audition for the top six. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Let me guess. Bayern fan. Let me guess. Bayern fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ram, which is rub, rubbing his hands together. Yes. So, I think he'll never leave this club. His boyhood club, and he's getting all the respect. And he love. has to do. He has to. He's, he, he has to. He has to. Yes. If he wants to leave yeah, the club. Yes. Uh, if he wants to uh, win some trophies, he has to leave. Also, Mr. Ram would want him at Bayern, wouldn't he? Ah uh, no. Forgetting. No. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the. I think Olivier Giroud scored the second goal. Yeah. I think Benzema shouldn't call Swivel, him Mario yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop saying his words. Yeah. <laughs> he scored an amazing goal, I should say. Uh, a turnaround goal. And he scored, and, and he did the taking a knee celebration, which was a very good gesture. And, yeah. and on the man of the back, that is the Espeliqueta, produced two assists, which were almost had to win on the game. And SP really, still got it. Yes, SP. Also, so yeah, like, uh, Alonso had a very sloppy game. I think uh, Emerson should get more chances uh, from Lampard, place of Alonso. And of course, Alonso didn't take his chances actually. He was not going for the shots that he would normally yeah, he was go. Sloppy, very sloppy. I think Emerson is left back and Alonso is left wing back, which makes a big difference. Yes, Swagatam, I would just like to address Olivier Giroud's part. I can't help but notice that whenever he scores for Chelsea, it's usually an important goal. Won't you say yeah. that? Yeah, uh, thinking about it's that Southampton goal. Last is the Warner Warner signing good? I mean, in terms of the other strikers getting chances to play. To be pretty honest, I am. Yeah, I think that's like uh, not a smart move to make because you already have three, you know, ready strikers in your team. Instead of grooming are, them, giving them more time strikers, to play. But you can see, see in the match, we have almost 19 shots. Oh, most of the shots were coming from the midfield area, from Mason Mount and Ross Bar. So isn't that a lot of... isn't that due to the uh, creativity, lack of creativity? That's it. Of course, you can say that. We are, we are so missing Kante. Maybe you Kante need a number 10 first. Or in the defensive job. And I think you need a number 10, honestly. Sagadam, I have a question what Chelsea, for you. Like, uh, what Chelsea lacks right now yeah. is composure in front of the goal and composure while you are doing a counter or something. Yeah, but they yeah, have incredible only... talent. They have incredible on the ball capacity. But then I feel like sometimes, since it's a young team, the composure is sometimes missing. And that's why they struggle against some of the top six oppositions. Yeah, totally. I uh, get onto that. But if you buy a player and can't provide him the proper playing time on the pitch, then I don't think that uh, he will, you know, be. You shouldn't talk about that. You that liberty, right? Premier is relentless, man. If you like slow down for a minute, they will. Everybody will get in front of you. Exactly. And you will be chasing the pack again. It will be a tough competition for Abraham, I think. I feel like Tammy Abraham will still get games because because of his uh, like stature and his uh, goal scoring ability. He's brilliant. He has been brilliant. Talking about uh, brilliant results or brilliant things, Newcastle defeated Sheffield three nil, man. Oh. And uh, shocking Thanks result coming in from the Premier League. Yeah, Anisha. Thanks to the and 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 and. and Joe Linton uh, and the ball bet Joe Linton in build also, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that was that's pragmatic. Yeah, yeah. He beat himself. He just beat himself. His left leg beat his right man, leg in falling man, down. Man, Joe Linton can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think, my, like, I believe Matt Ritchie scored and um, 
Joe Linden scored one, and one the first one, of course, was scored by uh, Alan St. Maximin. And game done at St. James's Park. And uh, just I'll just like to move on to the next match. I think uh, this was the last of the game week 30 matches. Manchester City versus Burnley. Oh, yeah. 5 nil result, I believe. Yeah. That was a 5 nil haul. Uh, there was nothing much to say because uh, City uh, have always been phenomenal against Burnley. And, you know, yesterday night uh, we got to see a young talent uh, have a beautiful, outstanding match. Foden scoring two beautiful goals yeah. against, yeah, one of the, you know, uh, heavy goalkeepers having a huge number of clean sheets over the season. Like, beating him uh, at such hard corners is really uh, commendable. And he... I think Pope could have done better. I think he could have done yeah, better yeah, in his yeah, positioning. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, to mention clearly, like, Dwight McNeil towards the left flank uh, of Burnley was uh, handling the ball quite well. But uh, forwards were not up to the play as he was. So I think I think uh, McNeil is the best player in the Burnley squad, and yeah, he's a rising star in terms of. And also, uh, and also about the penalty, like uh, it's it's kind of a pun that uh, VAR has never been, you know, profitable or like favorable for City. But we got to see that VAR had changed the decision to a penalty, like uh, landed as a penalty. That was, I guess, Ben Mee's not uh, genuine foul, but. Yeah, uh, he did uh, have his foot uh, over Aguero. So, and also Aguero faced an injury. Like, yeah, you would be very happy. We are finally got Manchester City on his. Like definitely, <laughs> we also but he lost was to... competing for the golden. <laughs> and I, he and was I competing for that... the golden boot. And it's, it's yeah, I have something yeah. to say before that. Before the game, Jason told that Mitkop was the best. <laughs> best. Uh, no, no, I was also agreeing. Like. Yeah, definitely. And I predicted the 6 nil scoreline. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know I the City team about scored, uh, I think I think Riyad Mahrez has finally got it. He's, oh my god, like brilliant. brilliant. Like, just a, a beauty to watch. We have to talk also about Foden. Yeah, that, that, so Foden that's what I was saying. Yeah. Starting he, was, he was the man of the match. Yeah, he was given the man of the match. I think the successor to David Silva has been found. Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, like uh, after the game, Pep Guardiola like was showering praise on him. I think mm-hmm. he, I think he deserves his place right now. Definitely, and uh, like he is a good, he has been a good player. But success should not get into your head. If uh, he yeah. is humble yeah. and follows Pep's tactics, I guess he would be big in the long run. It has been a good game week. Of course, we are, we are all liking the return of the Premier League. Obviously, it wasn't the first batch of matches we have seen, but then yeah, having the experience of the Full game week has certainly helped. Wouldn't you say the same, guys? Yes, it was good to see. Not for everyone. Some not football. for us. Not yeah. for everyone. <laughs> not for me anyway, at least. <laughs> not for you. What are, are you kidding me? You already no, won the derby, man. Thing. It was a draw. We could but have look at the bigger picture. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's, I, it's but, I think I think I would agree on that. But sometimes, sometimes uh, a derby match is bigger than the entire season at points. So I would agree on that. Uh, not with Everton. Not with Everton. Understandable. Understandable. But yeah, I think Everton is a bigger club now than Manchester United. So I think you should accept Everton. Oh, that's, a, that's a bold claim. It's a really, really, really bold claim. Unnecessary claim. Unnecessary oh, I remember something from claim. Harry claim. Oh. <laughs> at least he doesn't. At least Harry claim does not freely flops inside the box just for a penalty shoot. So I. So we're talking about Eric Lamela now. 
Sorry, Michu, but like uh, you can't live on that uh, particular statement because uh, if our, our listeners have already listened to episode number three, <laughs> yeah, but, but but then Pogba flop, he gets a penalty. Pogba flops, he gets a penalty. But Delhi Ali flops, he does not get a penalty. So I won't say who's biased towards what. Bruno Fernandes scored the penalty. <laughs> I should not be indicted. But he got the penalty, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, all the banters, all the banters aside, uh, it was it's a very good... Uh, coming back to the Premier League, this was the end of the first game week from COVID-19 situation. So we are very happy, we are very happy that Premier League is finally back and our hearts are sticked towards the TV screens and to watch the games, it is very beautiful to see. I was personally amused to see, see back each and every person of Tottenham Oxford to come and even the rants of Jose Marino were also been felt alone that he's coming back and starting to rant again about his team and the penalty decisions given by John Moss and every referee he ever have done in his career. So in association with that, I think let's say whenever the respect when it's due, uh, Musa Sissoko played a very good game entire game of the Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur, if they could find a good counter attacking side which would they could change themselves into they would be I think a very deadly team if it comes into because Bergwijn has shown us intentions and that uh, goal of the season for me was uh, Song Hyun Min going from his half towards the other half against Burnley and scoring that prayer. Oh my god so if that, that was <laughs> if that combination works if that combination works it could be a very deadly team and all due respect when it's due I'm very happy that this guy is back and just like would like to chant his name for once Oh, Musa Sissoko. Oh, Musa Sissoko. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, okay. At least... Mitchu, I think it's time to cancel you. Mitchu, Yeah, exactly. You're starting to, you know, yes. copy our chants. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Manchester City, Manchester City saying that they have chants when it's called, come on, City. I don't think you should really talk about it. Whatever it is, it just boosts up the team and also we win the trophy. So, yeah. In the end, oh, yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, you don't need audio files to play in the stadium. Okay. You need actual fans. So, in the COVID yeah. situation, we can't get fans. So, yeah, audio files will have to be. It was always a COVID and pandemic for Manchester City and their supporters in the stadium. Anyway. Arjit, so, please hop uh, in. Please, Arjit, please hop in. <laughs> always, I'm sorry. Uh, apologies. Apologies on that banter behalf. Let's talk about all this situation that uh, Grab sent to on behalf. After COVID, we finally have our football, lovely football back. Chelsea had Timo Werner signing for them, 53 million. That was a great signing. City have finally found back their well-run machine that they are. Arsenal being Arsenal have their issues at moments. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea with great, yeah, Chelsea with uh, Pulisic you actually get back their resilience. And I think Frank Lampard is doing something very big here. And I would say that he would make a very great manager win his. A career follows up and he would be counted as legends as well as managers as well. So, this was a very great game week that we need to conclude about this. Everything associated with football we love have ours back with all due respect. The Black Lives Matter movement is also there. All the players before the game taking a knee and then clapping for the, all the people that lost their lives. Sadio forgot. Sadio Mane did. What was the moment? Man does not watch any games, I feel like. He ran for the wing. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> Moments of the weekend. And I, it's very good. So, yeah. 
uh, with this i think we should be concluding this episode it was a great episode with defensive tactics with great defensive uh, solidity with great attacking football with every team and everything associated with this i meet you from the fifth, uh, substitute podcast with everyone we like to submit ourselves and uh, say goodbye to this episode goodbye, goodbye guys goodbye guys goodbye guys tata Take it, Gigs in!